All right. We, we got one amen. Praise the Lord from that. Woo! The presence of God. Woo! There's no, there's no place better. There's no place better. Last week we looked at Psalm 23. We talked about uh, that God desire, desires for us to have peace with him. Um, we talked about the fact that he is our shepherd, that he protects us, that he guides us, that he leads us, uh, that, he, that he provides rest for us, that he makes us lay down. I said, because I'm not smart enough to do it on my own. He desires for us to have peace. He said that, the, David says that his rod and staff comfort him. Uh, the tools used by the shepherds to guide the sheep to direct the sheep, to even discipline the sheep. David said those tools brought comfort to him. We talked about the fact that he prepared a table for us, that we are his honored guests. The Father considers us his honored guests. He provides a table for us. It says as we walk with, Je with Jesus, goodness, mercy, and love follow us. And we talked about the wake of a boat and how that wake, when a boat is moving, how that wake is obvious and you see it and you know it's there. And as followers of Jesus, as goodness and mercy and love following us, or, or is it something else? What's following us as we walk with Jesus? We talked about the reality that he ends the psalm with, and we will, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever, his presence forever in God's presence. Can we imagine that? Now and forever, can we imagine that? Can we in? Yeah, who said yes? I like that. Yes, we can. And it's good. We, we don't know how good we have it. We don't know how good we have it. The, this, uh, this is gonna be our focus for the month of August. God's peace, God's presence. God's peace and his presence. Last week, we, just, we, we talked about how he desires for us to walk in peace and live in peace. To get our eyes off of the things that distract us and fix our eyes on him and to have peace. That's what we want. That's what he wants for us, is peace. There's nothing like peace. Uh, today, we're gonna be talking about God's presence. As we gather together, God's presence among us. Whether we're gathering here, whether we're gathering as a disciple in communities, however we gather, we gather and we look at God's presence. Next week, we're going to look at the need for us to be mindful of the next generation, investing in the next generation so that we will be a church family that is continuing to be effective for God's kingdom five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now. That means we've got to be doing things now that's going to help this family grow and know Jesus so that, so that 20 years from now, they're still wanting to grow and help people know Jesus. So what do we have to do now for that to take place? And so we're going to look at that next week. And in, in two weeks, we're going to look at God's presence in us producing spiritual fruit, producing his fruit, which is really talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And we're going to talk about that. Our own individual needs to do that. And then, and then the last Sunday of the month, we're going to look at as a result of his spirit in us, his presence in us, and the fruit that he's producing, 
We're going to go even deeper into that wake, that goodness of mercy and love that's following us and how that is being, how we are being present in our community and showing God's love and mercy and grace to our community. And so that's what we're going to be focusing in on this month in August. And uh, uh, I'm excited about it. I hope you're excited about it uh, because I just, I just really feel like God wants to do something among us that gets transferred out to the people that's around us. Um, so I'm going to read. Um, we spent, I don't know, 11 or 12 weeks in the book of Ephesians. And as I started uh, preparing for this message and asking God what he wanted us to do, he took me back to the book of Ephesians. And I said, well, I've already preached this message. He goes, well, it's going to be a different message, but it's where I want you to start. So we're going to start. If you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 2. And we're going to start here. And this is our springboard for this morning. Why don't you go ahead and stand as, as we read Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 13. And I'm going to read down through the end of, the, end of chapter 2. But now... In Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. And in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundations of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Father, we thank you for your word we thank you that you speak to us through your word. Father, we thank you for your presence here among us today, and we want to minister to your presence. We want to recognize that you're here, and we want to worship you. Lord, we've done that already through song. We've done that in prayer. We want to recognize and worship your presence today. Lord, as we look into your word, reveal yourself. Lord, I ask that your manifest presence would be obvious to us today, that your manifest presence would be among us, working and moving and drawing our hearts to you. Open our minds, open our hearts, open our eyes and allow us to fix our eyes on Jesus. Allow nothing to distract. If there's anything here that is of anything other than Jesus leave. You don't belong here. If there's anything here that wants to disrupt or steal peace, in the name of Jesus, leave. You don't belong here. We belong to Jesus. He is our God. Move among us today, Jesus. 
Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So as we look into these, there, there, uh, there's a ton here. There's so much here. Um, but we're going to hit, I'm going I'm to do three things real quick. I got three quick points. And, and as most, uh, most time, if you ever take a class on how to preach or, or how to speak, you usually, you're told to give equal time to each point. We're not going to do that. We're going to zip through the first two and then spend a lot of time on number three. Matter of fact, point number three has three sub points. Okay. We good with that? Here we go. The first one right there in, the, in verse 13. Um, now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. We were once far away, and now we've been brought near. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Uh, when I was a kid, and I, I used to like to go to the movie theater. Anyone like to go to the movie theaters? When you're a kid, it's cool. There's this giant TV you get to look at, you know, this huge TV. Guess where I always wanted to sit? Up front. Why? I wanted to be close, right? Who likes to be close? Oh, I could tell. Who's up front right now? Who? No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. We're not doing that. That's not about that. We like to be close, right? We like to be close. We like to be near. Uh, I, I, when I was younger, I did theater. And uh, so I would do theater. And so my parents always wanted to sit up close. Because when you go see live theater, you just see the stage better when you're up close, right? Uh, and so because I like, because I did theater, I like going and seeing theater. So I, I like to sit up close. You just see better. Uh, when you go to a sporting event, who likes to sit in the cheap seats? I didn't say who can afford the cheap seats. That's why I normally sit in the cheap seats. But that's what I, But who, who likes to sit in the cheap seats? We want to be close. You want to be near. You want to be close to the field. You want to be close to the action. You see it better. We were far away. We were far away from the God of the universe that created everything. That created every single one of us. We were far away. And because of Jesus, we have been brought near. We have been brought near. Do we forget that? Do we take that for granted? We have been brought near. We need to live as we've been brought near into God's presence. We're meant to live in peace. How many times in these few verses, verses 14 through 18, did it say peace? How many times? Someone count. Multiple times. Four? Multiple times it says peace. God calls us, desires for us to live in peace. He doesn't want us to get distracted by the little things, but the enemy wants to distract us. The enemy doesn't want us to live in peace. He wants to throw things in our past that's going to disturb us, and, and it's not big things. It's the little things most of the time that puts us in and gets... Yeah, anyone ever gotten a splinter? Do they bring peace? How big are they? They're little. They hurt, don't they? What happens if you leave one in there? Everyone ever done that? When I was uh, 11 years old, 6th grade, 5th grade, 6th grade, 11 years old, I lived in Hawaii, and in Hawaii you don't wear shoes as a kid. You, we just didn't. I wore them to school, got to school, took them off. Went all day in school, uh, wore them home, had to put them on to wear them home, get home, took them off, rode my bike with no shoes. And those were the nice pedals, too, that you felt when you put your feet on them. You know what I mean? Um, rode my bike. But we were playing tag. We were playing tag in the woods. Yeah, barefoot, hide-and-seek tag in the woods. And I stepped on a thing of branches, a thing of sticks. And I had a stick, an uh, inch and a half, 
about an inch and a half long, go in between, I guess, what's that, your pinky toe and your ring toe? Um, I'm, not that I wear a ring toe, a uh, toe ring. I mean, if you do, I'm not judging. I'm just saying that that's, I'm just saying. So anyway, the pinky toe and the ring toe, and it didn't go, it went this way, in, right, right there on my foot, my right foot, went in, you know, went in about three quarters of an inch. There's still about a quarter of an inch sticking out, you know. I'm 11. We're playing tag. Someone's going to get me. I can't be it. So I reach down. I pull it out. There's no blood. Let's keep playing, right? Let's keep playing. A few hours later, we get in. I'm like, well, I better clean this. So I clean. My mom's, what are you doing? I said, well, I stepped on a stick. It went in. And she goes, let me see. Well, it was already, the toes and the foot were already red and puffy. So what happens? It's getting infected. Something little getting infected just started to spread. Made it up to about two inches below my knee. And, um, and doctors started using words like cut off, amputation. I was 11. I didn't know. We prayed. We prayed. My mom, we we're, were in Hawaii. My mom called everyone in the mainland. This was back when long distance cost something and said Pray. We woke up the next day, and um, he, he was taking a pen every day. I could still see that military pen, that black pen, clicker pen with the silver, and, and he would draw where the infection was, and I'd go back the next day to see which way it had gone. So he'd drawn it around the top here, and we went back the next day, and there was no red. There was no swelling. Jesus healed it completely. But it's those little things that he puts in our lives distract us, and then they grow. Those little things that come along and get inside us that we hold on to, and it grows, and it becomes something that just gets us and holds on, and it becomes something disgusting and dangerous in our lives, right? He takes music that's meant to glorify Jesus, and he divides us over it. Guys, I'm going to say this. It's not about the song. It's about who the song is about. And that's what we should think when we think worship music. Not about the song, but who, who's it about? He does those little things that steal our peace. You can't let them steal our peace. Because God made us to have peace. Because God made us to have peace, he's gonna have, the enemy's going to do all he can to steal it. And next time you, don't, you, 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 you realize your peace is being stolen, stop and say, nope. This isn't of Jesus. I want to walk in peace. Third thing here is we are his dwelling place. We are his dwelling place. Verse 22. In him you two are being built together. There's that word together. We are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Where does God live? In us what? Together. That's why we say together. Because together we are God's dwelling place. Together, his dwelling place. When we think about a dwelling place, where someone lives is where God lives. God lives here. When we come together, his presence is here. His presence is here. If we didn't make it in this building this morning for whatever reason and we decided to do this out in the parking lot, we would be together. His, his presence would be there. We, we are his dwelling place. Paul talks about it right here. Peter talks about it in 1 Peter 2, 5. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ Jesus. We are his dwelling place. His presence is here. 
as we gather, his presence is here. Now I say, of course his presence is here. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. He's omnipresent, right? Omnipresent. I always like those omni words when I was in college. When I first got introduced to omni. He's everywhere. There's nowhere we can go. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. Psalm 139 talks about that. Jeremiah 23, 24 says, He fills the earth. He fills the heavens. There's nowhere we can go. Nowhere. Jesus is everywhere. And that's an awesome thing because have you ever had that moment where you felt far from God and you felt lost and dark and you hurt and you're like, it couldn't be any worse? Have you had those moments? I've had those moments. It couldn't be any worse. It could be because in that moment, God is still there. Imagine if he wasn't. How much more? How much more would it be? So God's omnipresence is everywhere, all the time. He doesn't go anywhere. I mean, he is everywhere. We can't go anywhere to get away from it. But then there's a difference between his omnipresence and his manifest presence. His manifest presence, where he comes near. If it's talking about proximity in Scripture, it's talking about his manifest presence, his his coming near. It's more than just the fact that he fills everything. It's, it's he's coming there. There's relationship wanting to happen. It's more. You come near. James 4.8 says, come near to God and he will come near to you. Anytime that glory is mentioned in scripture, it's talking about the manifest presence of God. Luke Chapter 2, verse 9, the, and the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were terrified. That was his presence that shone. God was there. His manifest presence revealed itself. God gives us his giftings. He gives us his gifts. And when he gives us his gifts, we're encountering, encountering the manifest presence of God. 1 Corinthians 12, 7, now to each one of us, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. When, when it's the Spirit moving and that gift is happening out of the gift of the Spirit, it's his presence that's taking place. It's his presence that we're experiencing there. Matthew 18, 20 says where two or more are gathered, two or three are gathered in my name. There I am with you. I'm there. Well, of course he's there. He's omnipresent. He's always there. No, this is talking about more than that. It's the manifest present. We're gathered in the name of Jesus. Are we gathered in the name of Jesus this morning? Some of you may be not so sure. Are we gathered in the name of Jesus this morning? Yes. So Jesus is here. His presence is here. Do we recognize it? Sometimes we sing a song, and I like this song, and it's a good song. I like these words, and it makes me, you know, think about God. But do we realize that we are singing it to him directly, that he is here, and there's his face, and we're singing right to him? Do we sing it to him? Are we truly just singing it to him? Because he's here. That's different than his omnipresence because I can go to a game where there's, I can go down to the, uh, Atlanta and we can gather in the name of the Atlanta Braves and he's there because he's omnipresent, but his, his manifest presence isn't going to show up like it is when we gather here 
in the name of Jesus, his manifest presence. Can you think of a time when you've experienced his manifest presence? Think of it. When was the time that you experienced his manifest Especially when you were gathered with other believers. I had someone ask me one time, how come when you go to camp or you go to a conference and, 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 and it's like God showed up, which I, I don't like that phrase necessarily because he's, he's there. If you're gathered in his name, he's there. If we're gathered in his name, he's there. We, we, a lot of times you go to a camp and it, it, because you're expecting, you know he's going to be there. Well, God's at camp. He's going to move. I know he's going to move because we're at camp or I'm at a camp. We, we're at a conference. We know he's going to move. Do we, do we come into church that same way? Do we show up here on Sunday morning that same way? Or are we just going to sing our songs, say a few prayers, listen to the message? And Do we go in with that same expectation that the Holy Spirit is going to present himself and he's going to move and we're going to interact with him? Do we go and do that same thing? Well, when I was, uh, I was 17, senior in high school, lived down in Stockbridge, uh, Georgia, Henry County, south of Atlanta, and uh, I'll never forget it, never forget it. Southern Baptist Church, Holy Spirit showed up. We did a regular thing. We had worship songs, we prayer, and before the, before the sermon, every time, it was always the same. Before the sermon, special music. I always had special music before the sermon. Our worship pastor gets up. Our worship pastor was a, a five-foot-six, skinny, little Hawaiian guy. Just little, little. And that morning... When he opened his mouth, you'd have thought it was a 10-foot big guy just belting it out. The voice that came out that morning. And he was always a good singer. But the voice that came out that morning was a gift of God that came out and he sang. And when he finished his song, the place just, it just exploded. It just erupted. There, there wasn't a dry eye in the house. People were just coming forward. It was amazing. The manifest presence of God was it, it, just, it just revealed itself. I was so thankful for the pastor that day because he stood up and he said, I can't beat that. And he prayed and said, if you need to stay, stay. If you're ready to go, go. And he closed the service right there. People came and stayed. People stayed and prayed because the manifest presence of the Lord showed up. That was... 32 years ago for me, and I remember like it was yesterday. It was amazing. I can go on. Many, many stories of the Lord showing up, of, of his physical presence, of his manifest presence. Here's the, here's the reality. We're, we're his dwelling place. We are his dwelling place. We are his dwelling place. Uh, if you have your Bibles, flip over to Revelation chapter 1. And we're going to look at a couple things here. Revelation chapter 1, uh, verse 20. Verse 20 says, the mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand and of the seven golden lampstands is this. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. They are the, what are we? We're the church. What, is the, what, what represented the church here? Lampstand. Lamp, what does a lampstand do? Show the light. It holds the light. It holds the light. The church is meant to hold the light. 
If our function was to be, was to preach the word of God, Jesus wouldn't have walked among the lampstands. He would have walked among the pulpits. He walked among the lampstands. If our purpose was to have, was to be a church that did small groups, he wouldn't have walked among lampstands. He would have walked among couches. I keep going. I got a few more. Lampstands. He walked among the lampstands. The churches are the lampstands. The lampstands hold the light. We're supposed to hold the light. Our primary role is to receive, hold, and sustain the flame of the manifest presence of God. And when we focus on that, he's going to show us where to go. He's going to show us who we're supposed to be. In the Old Testament, God's glory, in Scripture, God's glory is usually shown by fire. Uh, Abraham meets God in the fire. Moses meets God in the fire. Israel in Exodus 13 and 19, God reveals himself in the fire. David in 1 Chronicles, in the fire. 2 Chronicles 7, Solomon, in the fire. Isaiah, God reveals himself in the fire. Elijah in 1 Kings 18, the early church, chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit comes down, what was it? Flames of fire. Lampstands hold the fire. Can we say that about our church? Do we hold the fire? Manifest presence of God. Revelation 1, verses 12 through 16, the description of Jesus. I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me, and when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And among the lampstands was someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet, with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace. That's like fire. His voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand, he held the seven stars. Coming out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. The sun, you know, fire. Fire. The manifest presence of Jesus, fire. And we are the lampstands that hold that fire. We gotta focus in on the presence of God. Do we recognize his presence? Do we recognize his presence when we worship him? What did Isaiah do in the presence of God? He dropped to his knees and worshiped. He, he, he didn't come to God and say, hey God, what, what, I want to I pray that you fix my car, my chariot. He just fell and worshiped God in his presence. In Acts chapter 13 Acts chapter 13, the church there in Antioch are praying. They're worshiping the Lord. It says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work I've called them. While they were doing what? While they were worshiping. American Standard Version says, as they ministered to the Lord. What does that mean? As they ministered to the Lord. Well, I, I know when someone ministers to me, it's that they're bringing me encouragement. So when they minister to the Lord, I tell you, I'm like, Lord, I don't, I don't know what this phrase is. I don't understand this. Help me understand this. And all I could think in my head was, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless you, Lord. 
Bless the Lord. That, I just want to minister to, I want to minister to your presence. God, we know that you're here. I want to bless you. I want to praise you. I want to worship you. That's what my focus is. Nothing else. Help everything else that steals my peace fall away and give me your peace as I bless you. It says, as the church in Antioch was doing that, then he said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul. Then he said, this is what I want you to do. I want to be in his presence. I want us to be in his presence and ministering to his presence so we know where to go and what to do. We're not going to know where to go and what to do until we've been in his presence. First Chronicles 15.2, David says, no, no one should carry the ark of God but, except for the Levites. For, for, for God has chosen them to carry the ark of God and to minister to him forever. To minister to him forever. And guess what? First Peter 2.9 says, we are his priests. You are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood. So we get to carry that now and minister to the Lord forever. His presence. His presence. We get to worship God. We get to worship God. We get to bless the presence of the Lord. And when we gather together here, we are here to bless God and to minister to His presence. That's why we come together. That's our focus. We are His lampstands. We hold we reveal. We sustain his light. Right now, I just, just want to go into a time of us praying, us worshiping, us ministering to his presence, us exalting him. Some of us do that quietly. Some of us might get loud with it. Please get loud. It's okay. Let's bless the Lord. Let's praise him. The music team's going to come. We're going to close in a couple songs. Right now, let's just bless the Lord. Right now, where you're at, bless the Lord. Bless you, Lord. We bless you. We praise you. We worship you. We thank you. We are here today because of you. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you that you chose us. We worship you. We praise you. Thank you, Jesus. Just continue to worship. Continue to minister to the presence. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.